And just a moment away. So beautiful is the spirit of our Lord and the great privilege that we have to be in the house of God together. Had a phone call this afternoon and normally I don't have my phone with me, but I did. And the question was just presented to me about the end time. And uh, as we began to talk, it really lit me up. And it lit my fire, and I started to preach on the phone. I paused halfway through, and I started laughing. I said, well, I guess this is your personal sermon. And then I said, well, the, answer, the question was, what will happen when he comes back? And immediately I said, There won't be room in the church 10 minutes after the resurrection of the dead in Christ and the body of Christ. Thousands of people will clamor in these hallways and press their way through the foyer and crowd the front and occupy every square foot of this building the moment that the trumpet is sounded and the rapture takes place. And it will be like the days of Noah when they were lifting their children above their heads, pounding on the door of Noah's ark, asking him, pleading for him to open the door. You've never seen a church house filled like it will be filled the day the rapture takes place. And Jesus said we should look with expectation to his coming. It's the word. Paul said it should bring us comfort. And um, in my spirit, I feel a burning desire to find the miraculous, to make it to heaven. To do more than I'm doing now for God and to see hundreds and hundreds baptized in Jesus' name and at least that many receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in other tongues. And that's just, just about who I am. It's just about what helps to define who I am. And uh, my goal is to turn everybody in my direction and if there's anybody in front of me I'm running to catch up with you so that we're all going in the same direction to win as many people as we can 
And I pray a lot of different prayers. I'll give you two prayers. These are hedges prayers. Kind of like Mike and Darcy hedges. These are actual hedges prayers. The first hedge, I pray for people who are arrogant and bitter and entangled are in the world. I pray a hedge of thorns around them. So that everywhere they go, nothing matter, nothing fits. Every time they go to their clubs, they throw up. Every time they think that something is good, it makes them sick. Every time that they want to engage in the world, they find no satisfaction. It's a hedge of thorns. I put around, I pray a hedge of thorns around people who are. <laughs> I pray a hedge of thorns. Paul did, Paul did worse than that. He turned them over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh so they might be saved. Go figure that out. I pray a hedge, I pray a hedge of thorns around people who know God but are refusing to obey God. And I also pray a hedge of protection. That's a second hedge. I pray a hedge of protection around people who love God. I pray a hedge of protection around your businesses and your jobs and your income and your families and your health. I pray a hedge of protection around your home. I pray a hedge of protection around your mind. I just threw that in for free. It's not even what I want to preach about. I just feel good. Tanti, you are in the house tonight. And you've been on the news. You are like the you're like a celebrity in town now, Tanti. We're so glad you're here. We welcome Tanti. Come on, Tanti Robinson. Okay. Somebody's just turned their neighbor, nudge them, say it's it's about to get good right now. Just say it's about to get good. Come on, say it. Slap your neighbor on the back, say, get up. Hit him harder than that. Here we go. Luke chapter one. Are you ready? Luke chapter one. Verse 26. In the sixth month, which we would assume to be the sixth month of the year. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest the Lord God shall give it to him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Oh, I wish the Holy Ghost would come upon somebody. I'm going to tell you how you're going to get where you need to go. The Holy Ghost has got to come upon you. No, 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 wait a second. If the Holy Ghost is in you, 
comes upon you, something starts to grow in you. <laughs> and when something grows in you, there's going to come a time something will be birthed from you. It can't be birthed from you until it grows in you, and it can't grow in you until the Holy Ghost comes upon you. I'm just praying tonight that the Holy Ghost would fall on everybody. I want him to come on everybody. Come on, lift up your hands right now and say, I pray the Holy Ghost would come upon me tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, pray the prayer. In Jesus' name, baptize us all with the fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. Let us be overshadowed by the power of the highest in Jesus' name. Let it be done tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, lift up your voice right now. The Lord is in this house. It's his great desire to overshadow you, to baptize you, to come upon you. Something's about to happen in your life. This is the first night of something that's going to transform how you're living. It's going to resurrect you. It's going to change you. You're going to speak different. You're going to look different. You're going to act different. may be seated for a moment because you ought to be standing through the whole service. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. He's in the house. I speak of the preamble to every great revival that has ever existed in this world before the commencement of every great revival of souls, of the lost, of any great thing that has given itself to be notable. Before the beginning of what we understand as signs and wonders, there is a preparation that precedes what is sure to be tangible, palpable, and visible miracles. Something precedes it. It is a distinction that divides people and churches alike. It is something that provides its own demarcation, separating one person from another, one congregation from another. And the question of the difference between one situation and another situation lies within the single concept that the Holy Ghost is revealing tonight in this holy house of prayer. He's going to baptize us in his spirit, and the Holy Ghost is going to come upon us us. It's going to change us and make us different than what we used to be and it's going to demark us and mark us different than every other place in our entire state and maybe in fire in this entire world. The Bible says in the sixth month when Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost until the third month of the following year something was taking place in the life of Joseph and Mary Notwithstanding their existent, I'm sorry, their extensive travels and, and displacements that were pressed upon them by this supernatural work, and what could have happened had Joseph uh, not taken the step towards some ambiguity, something was changing in the body of Mary, notwithstanding their many travels and what they had to go through, something was happening in the body, the physical body of Mary. The Bible is obviously written for the mind of those that understand. It will make the assumption that the reader can see back uh, beyond its black and white pages. In our modern vernacular, we would say, the Bible would assume that you understand life. So in between Gabriel's declaration of what should have been the impossible, but 
what he said uh, are described as God working the impossible. All things are possible with God, he said. In between that declaration and the actual baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, there were nine months, nine months between that time and the baby. Nine months was the time. It was the time then, it's the time now. Nine months was just about enough time to change Mary from a whimsical little girl into a mother. Nine months was the time it took to completely change the focus of everything that she was and everyone around her. And while we speak of her life having lived and died some 2,000 years ago, the Bible has assumed that you and I realize that the birthing process has not and will not change. Because preceding the miracle is the preamble of expectancy. It's the period of time when she will live, not as a mother, and not as what she used to be, but as something in between, as expectant. She will live as expectant. She will live for nine months, defined simply as expecting. <laughs> People will point to her and say, you must be expecting. And you will peer down the corridor of real miracles provoked by the seeker through the Bible, like that woman who had an issue of blood 12 long years and had spent all that she had and was nothing better. You have to note that she was not only determined, but she was expecting to be healed. Look closely in your Bible and you'll found, find her pressing and pushing and making a plan. She heard that Jesus was coming and given her weakened condition, I have little doubt that she has positioned herself in the right place along the path to press through the crowd. I know that we will cast her in the light of great persistence. And I know that she has garnished the high honor of determination, but I wonder if it might be better stated that a little woman weak in her body, depleted of her resources, clinging to the last bit of her life, I wonder if she made her way with expectancy. And I submit to you, for your consideration that it was expectancy that provoked her to move with persistence. And it was expectancy that drove that spirit of determination to rise in her bones and gather her last bit of strength. Because when you are expecting, something is changing in you. And before there is a miracle, there is the preamble of expectancy. Expectancy is the prelude to the miracle. In fact, it is the forerunner of the impossible. It is the evidence that something is on the way. And I rise to speak a life-changing truth to the church and to everyone who needs a miracle in your life. And I cannot imagine tonight how many there are here tonight who are desiring a miracle. But I have a feeling that the house is full with needs. And you've come with a miracle. And I have a word for you. The preamble to the miracle is your expectancy. Even though you cannot see the baby, you know she is expecting. I know this true. You and I have been with it through this many times with our wives. Expectancy will change the definition of her life. No longer will she be known just as a woman, but now what is growing inside of her is about to make her a mother, but she's not there yet. Expectancy will move her to change her diet. She won't just eat anything. She won't just consume anything. 
She, in fact, will consider what she consumes because she is expecting. (laughs) She will look more intently to her step. She will consider where she walks. She will walk purposely and with intention, intentionally avoiding terrain that could cause her injury. Why? Because she's expecting. Maybe before now, she might have not considered such a thing, but she's expecting. And when you are expecting, you walk the different path. You walk a better path because you don't take a risk of losing what you're expecting. I wish I didn't have to make the turn. I wish I had some help in the house. I'm talking to a people. If you get the expectancy in your life, it'll change where you go and what you say and how you walk. (laughs) It is impossible to be listed as expecting and not to at least reconsider How you wear your clothes. I'm not going to get any help in tonight, but but I'm going to tell you right now. We have passed around tubs of maternity clothes all around the church. I bought a beautiful white maternity shirt for Tammy for $65 for a wonderful gift for her. She wore it a couple of times and outgrew it, and she gave it to a couple of somebody else. They were expecting. I've, I've seen four or five ladies wear that shirt. Their husband's proud of it. Not one of you have given me a dime. <laughs> Things get a little tighter. Things are not as comfortable anymore because what's growing inside of you alters your attire. Uh oh. When you're expecting, (laughs) you make room for what's happening in your life. And, 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 and where you sleep and how you sleep, it changes. There are restless nights. You wake up more often than not. You're tossing and turning because when you're expecting, there is a constant reminder. When you're expecting, there's no shut-off button. You carry your expectancy around town. You bring it with you place after place. You will talk about the something that's moving inside of you because you are expecting. Watch her now. Because her expectant state of living will cause the entire house to shift. Things that were once left undone are now being repaired. Things that you could live with before are now being restored. Things that once brought a mere grimace of dissatisfaction have elevated to glaring problems that must be addressed because you are expected. You say, I can't live like that anymore. I can't put up with that anymore. I'm expecting something to happen. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you get this. Let the Spirit come upon you. He'll burst something into you, but you're expecting something to happen. I'll tell you what happens in the church. I'll tell you what happens. When we're expecting as a church, it changes the entire house. 
spills out into the yard so that it's inside and it's outside. Believe me, I've been there four times. People are coming over, honey. Now I got family coming. Now looks, I'm expecting. You see, I'm expecting. I want the yard to look good. That mulch looks old. You need to get out there and do some of the mulch. And we need our bushes all trimmed up. We got people. I mean, listen, when you are expecting, it changes who you are. I'll tell you why churches are dead. They expect nothing when they come into the house of God. They expect nothing. They think this is going to be drab and die, dry and boring, and they do nothing. I'll tell you what. If you don't expect anything, you're going to get nothing. But if you think in your mind, when I get there, when I touch him, when I grab a hold of him, when I find the altar, when the music starts playing, when the singer starts singing, something's going to happen. Expectancy is a preamble to the miracle. It's getting good. It's about to get good. I feel it's getting great. You can be seated for 10 seconds. Say everybody. Come on, say it. Say everybody. I mean everybody. Who is even remotely connected with her expectation, is drawn into what is happening in her. Everybody is literally pulled into her expectation. Conversations that they have always go there. How you feeling? How you sleeping? How's your back? <laughs> Even strangers can sense it, and they might even feel compelled to ask about expectation that's happening to her. How far along are you? When are you due? Do you know what you're having? Because that's all she cares about. She don't talk about anything else. She don't care about the sky. She ain't going to waste her time with politics. She ain't going to waste her time with talking about things she can't control. She's going to talk about her expectancy because that's the things on her mind. That's the thing that's growing inside of her, and it's enveloping her life. And if you're around her, you're going to be drawn into the conversation. I'll tell you the problem of the church. We're talking about things that don't matter. We're talking about issues that have no bearing on eternal life. If we get back to expectancy, we should say, I don't know what it is, but I know it's Tuesday, but I'm expecting God to do something great on Sunday. I've made a couple mistakes. I might go back and make a mistake again, but I'm, sometimes I'm trying to tell people who don't understand what we're doing that we're normal. We're just normal people. I, I'm sorry. That's a mistake. That's really not true. We're a peculiar people. We are so abnormal. If you leave this church and just go act like a normal person in this community, you're doing your Holy Ghost a disservice. It means you don't really care, but wherever you go, you ought to be talking about new life. You ought to be talking about the Holy Ghost. You ought to be talking about worship. 
You ought to draw everybody in. You ought to draw it. Pull them in. Pull them in. Because when you are expecting, everybody knows. Her expectancy is so real, so strong, and noted by people that they even change their behavior. Oh, my. Because of her expectancy. They get around her. And they feel a little conscientious. And they take the cigarette out of their mouth. Well, why'd you do that? Because she's expecting it. As long as I'm with her, I gotta change my habit. Even if for a moment, I gotta change my habit. Let me tell you why the world thinks they can get away with the things they get away around you. Because they don't think you're expecting. But when you're expecting, they'll change their habits. They'll say, man, I don't think I can stand around you without changing something about me. I know I'm telling you the truth. There's nine months to get prepared. Everybody ought to know who you are. Everybody ought to know who is inside of you. Everybody ought to know what is growing in your heart. (laughs) Okay, let's go to Applebee's. I don't know where you're going. Let's go to Applebee's. And, uh, and you get there. And you know who's really expecting. Because they don't offer you the booth. They offer you the table. And there's a reason why. Because the booth doesn't have as much room. And the people who welcome you in, they already know, and you don't even have to say anything. They're going to give you another option than they would have given to everybody else because they see you may not fit. You ain't going to fit in there. Come on. Oh, come on, young people. Hey, hey, guys. When you're expecting, ladies, with the Holy Ghost, and just leave it there, all right? (laughs) When you got a burning fire, a testimony in your life, your school friends, they'll accommodate you because they know you don't fit in there. They won't offer the invitation for you to sit at a booth of a party, the booth where they have all kinds of junk going on because they know that's a Holy Ghost filled person. They're filled with the Holy Ghost. They're expecting something. They don't want to be there. So they're not going to offer you the same thing that they offer the world. Wait, 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 wait. And if they do offer you the world, it means they don't know that you're expecting. They ought to know that you're a Holy Ghost filled apostolic Pentecostal. 
to say. I'd like to tell you the joke, but I can't offer you that joke because I know it doesn't fit into your life. I'd like to share that YouTube with you. I'd like to share that little clip with you. I'd like to share that text with you, but I can't share it with you. It won't fit with you. You belong at a table and not at a booth. I'm just having fun now. Come on, everybody, everybody, everybody. You ought to expect a miracle in your life. And when you wake up in the morning, you're still expecting. With you and your family, you're still expecting. And when you're at work, somebody's asking. And when you go to bed, somebody's asking. Let me just tell you what the researchers and the scientists have found out. All they had to do was read the Bible. Why did they have to spend all of our tax dollars to find out what the Bible has already said? Can I help you with it now? Expectation alone has been said to actually lead to that desired expectation. What? Let me do it again. Expectation alone has been said to actually lead to the desired expectation. Those are the words now. They now agree that our expectations have become the precursors to our reality. (laughs) And they say it's true. When we are expecting, we produce actions that move us into the position to further realize what we've expected all along. (laughs) That means... For all the people from Duggar, that means, sorry, that was bad. I hope there's nobody here from Duggar. And if you are, forgive me. I should have said Farmersburg. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was really going for Mark, but okay. I, mean, I might have just ruined my whole sermon. I was really going well. Okay. That means... When you expect something so much, you start to pattern your life and walk your life and do things that are in accordance with what you expected. You expect something good and you find yourself pursuing it because it's a precursor to the reality. Oh, man. What if you came into the house of God and said, I got to have a miracle tonight, God. I'm going to have a miracle in my life. And you walked in, and before they even got going, you were doing something like this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And somebody nudged you and said, what are you doing? I'm expecting something great to happen tonight. I can't wait. I can't wait. That's why I walked in this house tonight saying, I pray that the Holy Ghost would come upon you. And if he came upon you, he'd he'd impregnate you with something powerful. 
We used to sing the song. I'm looking for a miracle. I'm expecting the impossible. I can see the invisible. I can feel the intangible. I think the Clark sisters wrote that. Hey, and watch how it goes. Anybody who's not looking for it, that's why you dry up. That's why you're dead. That's why when the preacher's preaching, you don't get anything he's trying to say. That's why when other people are worshiping, you don't understand what they're worshiping about. I'm going to tell you, you get expectancy in your bones. You get expectation in your life. I don't think you have to wait this long, but nine months is just about the right time to change who you are and who you shall be. It redefines who you are. I got more to preach, but I don't feel like I should. Everybody stand, and, 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 I, and I'm not inviting anybody for the sake of... Of, of, of community or unity or any of that jazz. You don't have to have it. I can't, I can't create it in you. I can do it for myself. You can't do it for anybody else. It's just you, if you and God. If you want something and you expect God to do it, then that's what you ought to pray for. But you say, well, Pastor, I don't know. Can, how can I expect it? Well, let's go back to the beginning. You ought to start praying. Let the Holy Ghost be upon me. Let the Holy Ghost be upon me. Let it be upon my life. Do something in my life and expectancy will rise up inside of you. It will literally change what you do, how you walk, where you go, what you say, what you wear, how you talk, who you're with, what, you, what you're like. It'll change your definition of who you are when you are expecting God to do something. Okay, it's just... It, it, it's open for anybody. It's open for anybody. You gotta want it. You gotta want it. You gotta want this. You gotta want it. Ya satayamo 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 shata. No, don't do it. No, don't do it. Ya sandaramo satayama hatayama satayama. Said, Holy Ghost, come upon me right now. I want to expect the miracle. I'm going to expect something in my life to happen. I'm expecting my prayers to come about. Lord, help me to live with expectancy now. for one another and both of you are going to pray for one another two or three lay hands on one another and pray the Holy Ghost would come upon them say I pray the Holy Ghost will come upon you I pray the Holy Ghost will come upon you that's right say I pray the Holy Ghost would overshadow you hey oh yes 
to say it tonight. I'm going to live different. I'm living different now. I'm going to live different. I'm going to talk different. Come on, say it. Through you. Through you, I can do anything. I can do all things. Because it's you who gives me strength. Nothing is impossible. Through you, thine eyes are open. Strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. I believe in you, through you. 
Shut you. 